Hi, everyone, and welcome to Behind the Numbers. My name is Dave Bookbinder, and welcome back to the show where we dig deeper to understand what matters most in business. We are coming to you live today from the RVN Television Studios, and I am pleased to welcome Natalie Luke, who is the CEO of Unsealing You and also the author of the book, Unsealing Your Career. Natalie, welcome to Behind the Numbers. Thank you, and thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure. I know you're going to drop a lot of good nuggets of wisdom here for our audience. So let's just jump right in. Why don't you kind of introduce yourself a little bit and tell us um, a little bit about Unsealing You, the business. Sounds great. Um, so my name is Natalie Luke. I am a daughter of a fantastic woman. And the Unsealing You business is all about just that, helping you to discover your highest self, your best potential, and unseal your your career potential, just like the ceiling above us, unsealing you. Right, ripping the lid off and uh, removing those barriers for success. So let, let's talk about what inspired you. So you mentioned that you're the daughter of a, a woman who I believe inspired you, but uh, give us a little bit of backstory. What inspired you to write the book and, and what's it about? Great, so the thing that inspired me to write the book was uh, one day I was in a meeting, a corporate meeting at that point in time, I had not yet made the VP level in full yet. And we had, as an organization, hired a new CEO. And I was graciously invited to attend this meeting. And as I was attending the meeting, I noticed that there 50% of us were women, 50% of us were men that were, or I wasn't, 50% were men that were in the meeting. And um, we were asked to introduce ourselves. And the thing about the organization is that 50% of the men, it seemed, were named Dave. Kind of funny since I'm on your show. And um, yeah, no judgment here, to, please. No judgment. Calling them by their last name. And so, in order to keep everybody straight. And so, as we were going around the room introducing ourselves, I kept thinking, what is the female name for Dave? I can't think of it. And so, um, the first person we go, hi, I'm Dave, so and so, introduces as is in the C-suite, the next person introduces themselves. Hey, I'm Dave, and my last name is this. You can call me by my last name in the C-suite. Next person um, goes, hey, my name is, and then um, uses the first name, but my middle name is Dave. And so suddenly at that point, the new CEO said, it's kind of funny. My middle name's Dave as well. Seems that you can't get to the C-suite unless you're named Dave. And it just kind of hit me like, wait a minute, we can all be in the C-suite. And so from that perspective, I thought, I mean, it just kind of rushed into me the story of my mom and how my mom went from being a stay-at-home mom, going to school, and eventually got into med school when she was 31, and me and my brother and sister were in our teens. And I thought, no, we can all be in the C-suite. And so for us females, what we heard is, you got to be in the in-group and you can't be in the in-group unless you're a female. And maybe for males, what they hear is, well, I in order to get to the C-suite, my name has to be Dave. In other words, I have to be in the in-group and being in the in-group is not really authentically me. And so what I wanted to do is provide a framework, a step-by-step -step process of how to unseal, un, you know, unsealing yourself to get to the highest level, your highest potential, your divine self, and maximize both you, your family, everybody around you. 
Yeah, what you described there and that limitation, I'm sure it's, it's a, unfortunately a familiar scene. And in a lot of privately held businesses, for example, oftentimes you're not able to get to the C-suite unless you have the same last name as the business owner, the family that, that started the business. Or even if it's just kind of the old, old boys network, if you will, if you haven't been there um, and, and done that for a certain period and kind of grew up together, you're not eligible for that. So uh, let, let's talk a little bit about how we can start to unsealing one's career. And uh, one of the key tenets that you talk about in your book is the power of dreaming big. Why don't you speak to that? Yeah, so a lot of times um, there is a process to dreaming big. And of course, it involves your brain. I have a PhD in molecular biology, so I'm going to try to keep it as simple as possible. But there's two different neural pathways that we use when we're dreaming big. The first is, pathway is about looking at the creative, all the different possibilities that are out there. And then the second is about employing the how, what steps are needed. And it ends up the two pathways don't work at the same time. So what's important is that you employ the correct pathway at the correct time. And so to dream big, you really need to use that creative aspect of yourself, the part that looks at the possibilities and you have to look at that without turning on the other pathway, without saying, oh, wait, I don't know how that can ever happen. Forget that part for a little bit until you really solidify exactly what would make you happy. It could be maybe the C-suite isn't exactly where you want to go, but what you want to do is use all of your potential and stretch yourself and look for something that's exciting, that's going to really resonate with you and all aspects of you. So it's really outlining what are all the aspects of that physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, financially, all of those, what would be great if I could, and then put that to one side and keep it. You got to keep that vision alive. Then you start to tackle the how of it. And that's the other part of the, the unsealing you process. Yeah, let, let's unpack that just a little bit, because what I'm hearing here is certainly not uncommon. And there's a thread that I'm connecting in my brain about when you when you think about manifestation and you alluded to spirituality and, and bringing something into uh, our reality. It's it's the sitting in the emotion piece and avoiding the cursed hows, as, as you refer as you re, we refer to yeah. them as the how you do it. Uh, others have called it the cursed hows. And that's where you always get in the way of your own self. And that's where limiting beliefs, I think can can really trip you up. So how do you tell folks to put those limiting beliefs aside while they're trying to sit in the feeling of the big dream? Well, it's really all about a meditative process wherever you go to meditate, whether it's on a walk, in a shower, or in a um, place where you're just relaxed and quiet. It's um, really allowing yourself to build that vision and explore how that goes and then making sure that you write it down so you don't forget it. It's um, in, in purposely telling yourself to stay away from the cursed how, as you say. Yeah, I can't take credit for that. Uh, Mike Dooley is the one who I heard use the term the cursed hows. Um, <laughs> writing it down, it, it, you just mentioned that, but I think it's, it's a subtle nuance that's worth talking about a little bit because uh, I've heard many people talk about when you think about goal setting, writing it down is absolutely critical. Can you maybe uh, explain why that is? Well, um, because part of it is like eventually, 
eventually when you get to the how, there's always going to be this self-critical aspect that says something to the effect of what what are you thinking? Or, you know, you can't really do that. Or somebody else could be critical of your dreams. And so when you go back to the vision, wouldn't it be great if blah, 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 blah. Wouldn't it be wonderful if, and oh my gosh, how great would it feel if I do this? And so when that cursed um, self-critic or other critic comes in, you can, and you're tempted to go down, I can't have this, I can't do that. When you go back to your vision, what you've written down or maybe pictures, you can use those pictures to talk to your self-critic to say, hey, I know that you say this can't happen, but it really can. And this is what I'm looking for. This is the why of what I'm doing. And so that you're constantly coming back to that why. Um, the emotional part of you that that is really strong and hanging on to that vision is really needs to have it refreshed because it's so easy to forget the reason as to what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah, and within all of that, uh, we need to be aware of our strengths and our weaknesses. Uh, where does that play into the equation, Natalie? Well, I think that the part of the equation where it really plays is that once you understand what you're going for, why you're going for it, it is to understand your strengths and your re- and your things that you can strike that you can um, strengthen up a little bit. So the gaps, if you will. But the thing that I really want to focus on is identifying your strengths. Often we don't really realize what our strengths are because it's hard to see our strengths. It's as if we don't have a mirror and we're trying to see our nose. It's um, so some at that point, what it takes is understanding what are the strengths that are needed in order to accomplish the goal. And then to do an assessment, not only with yourself, but with others to understand what your strengths are. What do you already have and what can you build upon? Um, that's the other part of the, the, the how formula. Um, it's not only understanding what has what you have to do, but what you actually have as a strength. And Natalie, we're going to have to take a quick break here. We've got some commercials coming up, so don't go anywhere. You watching and listening, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on Behind the Numbers after we pay a few bills. Hi, I'm Angela Pipersberg, and I have a new show here in RVN Television called The Angela Pipersberg Show. And I want you to join me every week as I sit with guests and we discuss their life journeys, share wisdom, and tips that will inspire you to live your best life. Don't miss The Angela Pipersberg Show every week here on RVN Television, where we're celebrating life and we're inspiring you to greatness. Hi, I'm Dr. Esther Malave, and welcome to my show, Achieving a Better You. Through this show, we're going to explore ways to make a better version of you. For example, nutrition, finance, fitness, health. Remember that there's always a way of making a better version of yourself, no matter what the circumstances are. And remember to look for Achieving a Better You show on RVN TV.
Some say the world has never been more divided, more self-centered, more uncaring, that we've never been more disconnected. But through our windows, we're able to see so much good every day. And it's clear that a little kindness is never really little. Did you know that only 8% of people who set their goals, they actually succeed in achieving them? Well, if you want to be a part of that 8%, then you need to tune in to Achieve with Wanda Martin, where I will teach you tips, tools, and strategies on how to achieve your goals in any field and on any level. So tune in, watch me on the RBN Network on how to achieve your goals and be a part of that 8%. Hi. And welcome back to Behind the Numbers. I'm Dave Bookbinder, and today we're talking with Natalie Luke, who's the author of Unsealing Your Career. And Natalie, before we had to go take a commercial break, you started to talk about the concept of perfectionism. Why don't you pick it up? Yeah, so often we tend to think that we can't get to a certain level or have a certain thing because maybe we're not good enough or we're not perfect enough. And so it's about really recognizing that limiting belief in ourselves and how it really shows up. And one of the things that I've found personally um, helpful in my career is recognizing when that perfection is showing up and presenting itself as if I feel like an imposter or imposter syndrome. And just one of the ways that it can show up is through what we call should storms. People may have heard what a should storm is, but it's that unrelenting, um, feeling that, you know, we haven't measured up or compare, comparing ourselves against other people. And part of um, our program and what it is that I share that people should do in these situations is be prepared for a should storm or sense that a should storm is coming in. Much like the rain, rain happens, it comes, and then it goes. And so what we need to do is um, have our umbrellas up and our umbrella shielding us from that should storm or that rainstorm that helps us to know that we're going to get through it. Like as we go on for these bigger steps, we're going to be doing new things, trying new skills and with it comes some failure. So as we step into that should storm, we have to tell ourselves, Hey, if we stumble, it's okay we're doing a good thing. We're trying and we're trying new skills. As we try new skills, it's okay to fail uh, here and there. Yeah. That sort of thing. And, and they say in, in personal development, it, it takes a village or you've got to find your tribe. Uh, what about building a community, Natalie? How important is that in, in unsealing one's career? It's incredibly important because as you go for that new position, as you're going for that next level, what you need to do is start to build a community around you. And um, the community can consist of people at, that are already at that level, interviewing them, understanding, hey, what does it take to really do a great job at this level? Um, if you're going for management, interviewing people that are being managed, hey, what are the best um, th bosses that you've had? What have they done for you? How have they contributed for you? And then also interviewing the managers that 
or directors or VPs or CEOs that actually hire for that position. Hey, what are, what is it that you're looking for? What do you feel that would um, help that person be the best leader that they possibly can be? And then during those informational interviews, let them know exactly where you're going or what your dream is or what how you would like to contribute. And in having those sorts of interviews, you now begin to understand what is it that needs to be said during an interview because you've talked to so many people. You find the information you need in order to brag about yourself. Natalie, for folks who are watching and listening and want to learn more about you, how they can work with you or how they can get the book, how do they do that? Um, the best and easiest way to get the book is to go to Amazon and look for Unsealing Your Career at Any Age. And then to get a hold of me, they can write me at nloop at unsealingyou.com or look me up on LinkedIn at Natalie Luke PhD. There you go. Thank you for that. So we've talked about some, I'll call them barriers. We talked about perfectionism. Um, we, we talked about limiting beliefs a little bit. What about some of the, I'll call them invisible barriers? Yeah, so the inv invisible barriers, the invisible barriers that I like to focus on are the ones that are on the inside. Um, and those are about basically as you go through each obstacle of trying to get to your next level, it's really easy to give up. And so it's important, again, to revisit your vision and explore your why. As far as invisible external bar barriers, you can hit those as well. Um, as I was going through uh, getting, going into one of my leadership positions, I had a situation where I was, I had interviewed for a position and I didn't get it. And it was for a sales leadership position. I didn't get it and it's within a large organization. And then another opening came open and I didn't get that position either. Um, but I still felt like I could be gaining these positions. Unfortunately, there were some folks that were feeling like I was making a fool of myself. And in fact, had my, they contacted my boss and asked my boss to contact my husband. And wow. then when he contact my boss contacted my husband, my husband, he, my boss asked my husband to tell me to stop trying to go for these positions. I was making a fool of myself. That could have been a barrier right there. Wow. Talk about boundaries. So, <laughs> so there, there's an example where uh, maybe you come to the realization that the organization you're currently with isn't the, the path to this uh, unsealing career that we're talking about here which then leads to networking, connecting, and, and building relationships to find that next thing. Uh, can you speak a little bit about the power of networking and connecting? Yes, yeah, so we talked about um, interviewing, and, and I had mentioned talking to people at various levels um, within your organization, but the same should happen outside of your organization as well. And that's where LinkedIn is really powerful in finding people in other organizations that are similar, having a coffee or a phone call and interviewing them. Uh, what I do in our program is I actually literally outline what questions you can ask and then what seeds you can plant to make sure that you're aware of an opening before it actually happens. 
and then get that person to promote you when you're not in the room. Yeah, a lot there that you just said that I often share with folks who reach out to me in networking endeavors, and I'll just share them here now for folks uh, to take advantage of. Uh, you just alluded to the fact that most jobs uh, aren't posted. They're, they're available before they're available. So doing your networking allows you to find those in advance before they become advertised. Secondly, LinkedIn, you mentioned, absolutely. People are more inclined to respond to a LinkedIn email than a cold email. And I always find that people are oftentimes willing to help you with advice, people don't want to be asked for a job, but they're always happy to be asked for advice. So good stuff on that front. Um, let, let's talk about, um, you mentioned something about bragging before in, in your one of your uh, conversations here with us. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about why, why one wants to brag. You've got a chapter in your book, actually, it's called Stand Up and Brag. Yes. And a lot of times people feel like, oh, I, I shouldn't be bragging about myself or I shouldn't be. Maybe because they think, Oh, they're comparing themselves to somebody else and they're thinking, oh, they're so great. How can I really talk about how great I am? Or if they are really great, they're like, oh, I might embarrass so-and-so if I say something about how, you know, this great project works. But it is important to be able to create little snapshots of the things, the successful things that you've done, how you actually accomplish those things and outline the whole process. And so in the book, I have a couple of chapters on how to retrospectively analyze a project that you actually did and then put it, outline it in sort of a paper, if as you were, um, just a, a simple outline as to what you did and how you made it happen so that when you're in a situation where you get to talk to someone about a project and they want to know more, you can explain that more and it really showcases your strengths. It also gives you confidence. I'd be remiss if I don't go back to um, the, the incident you just described here where your boss was calling your husband. And I'll, I'll do that in the context of calling it a, um, a setback, if you will. Uh, yes. I would love to know if you're able to share, how did you react in that situation? Yeah. You know, um, I had to take a step back and ask myself, why is this person doing that? And I... From a political perspective, I had some clues. I had a sense of what was happening with the organization and also what would happen if I left that particular department. And so I had a little bit of compassion for that person. Um, so that was the first thing. The second thing is that I knew I was destined to get to that spot. And I felt like he had to catch up. He had to catch up with my skills and my talent. Ultimately, in the end, shortly after that, um, the first position that I had interviewed for, the person that accepted that, got the position and accepted it, left within six weeks. And they asked if I would take that position. So that was, I actually got it. Um, my boss ended up leaving the organization. He ended up leading a different organization that needed our services, the services of my team. And he asked that um, he do business with us, but only through me and my team. So it ended up really working out. I didn't back, I didn't feel any kind of negative emotions. I just kind of took a step back and, and tried to look at the big picture as to what could have been happening and had compassion. Well done. So when you think about the big picture uh, in general, it, it broader conversation here, uh, power of positivity is something that's often brought up and, and how that can determine success. 
Where does that play in, in, in your conversations and the advice that you're sharing? Well, definitely, like, uh, for example, in the situation where my boss was calling my husband, I could have really gone and rightfully so gone off and damaged that relationship. But I felt like in terms of the power of positivity, I believed I was destined for something more. And I felt like to be a bigger person or to be a big person or to be my best self, I had to constantly step into that, even though I felt like I wasn't there yet, that eventually it would catch up with me. Um, hopefully that answers your question. Natalie, we're coming down to the short strokes here, just a few minutes to go in the program, but uh, wanted to give you an opportunity to share any advice, tips, hacks that uh, the audience can use today, anything that's actionable advice. Okay, so don't be afraid to dream big and to believe that you can actually achieve, achieve those dreams. And then um, there's people that can help you achieve those things. There's, they will appear, like I'm appearing today, as a possible solution to help you find those, those steps. And then last, um, you know, just believe that you can do it and step into your higher self. Yeah, so what you just mentioned there, someone, an old mentor of mine told me once that when the student is ready, the teacher shows up uh, or just appears. Tell the audience how they can identify these people when, when they show up in their lives as, as somebody that may actually be the person that they should be speaking to for this advice. Um, you know, I think that part of it is that you have um, opened yourself up to a specific vision and you know that you're you need to get there and then all of a sudden that person just fills in the gap and you can sense when it's the right person um outside of that you can also test it by asking extra questions asking people that have worked with that person what it was like and those sorts of things yeah so there are no coincidences are there no <laughs> well said Natalie, unfortunately, we are out of time. I want to thank you so much for joining us today on Behind the Numbers. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's a pleasure. We've been talking with Natalie Luke, who's the CEO of Unsealing You and also the author of Unsealing Your Career. Definitely go check that out. She said it's on Amazon. My name is Dave Bookbinder. I'm the author of The New ROI, Return on Individuals. You can actually catch that on Amazon as well. I'm also the person that my clients turn to when they want to know what their most important assets are worth. Big thanks to uh, the Big Cheese here who's working the production board for me today for making this show go great. And thank you out there for watching and listening. Please crush the subscribe button so you can stay in touch with all that we're up to. That's all we have for today. We'll see you next time on Behind the Numbers. Take care, everybody.